0: We're back. Soul back podcasts. We're talking about 2006 today, guys. One of our favorite years. We talked about 2007 last year. Good times. But 2006, Ed, you went on record to say that this is one of the last great, great, great years for R&B.
1: And not just r and b player, one of the best the last great years for hip hop and r and b combined because so I know somebody's going to come after me and be like, "Oh, what about two thousand thirteen or something randomly?" but two thousand and six to me was the best the last great year for both years i've talked a million times, especially recently, about how long it 's been since i 've given an album five stars. We had not one, not two, but three five star albums in 2006 plus just a plethora of other tracks plus a lot of albums that would go on to define the coming few years this was a year and for my opinion i can only think of one kind of clunker of an album just one i'm sure we'll get to her later
2: before we start sharing opinions and such i think it's only right we share how old we were during (laughs) 2006 and where we were in life kyle why don't you start
0: um, I mean, I was 16 years old. I would probably was in like 10th grade. Uh, I had an iPod Classic at that time. I think it was like 100 gigabytes of music. That sounds about no. That sounds like a little too much. I think it was like 20 gigs of music. Mm. And uh, yeah, this was the era. Uh, had a lot of my music from 2006 on this iPod. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing significant for me, but just a lot of great music.
2: I was. Well, um, yeah, this is
0: like. Yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, Tom, before I
1: jump in. No, I was
2: – just—I I was wait, I got to do my quick math. I think I was 23, 22, 23. I was in my final year of college. Well, I graduated college that year. So, yeah, I was – it was still a prime year for me as, as far as music. I was still finding a lot of stuff I liked. So I, I have fond memories of 2006 and music. This was a
1: big year for your boy. 2006 was the year I got married. And wow. if, Tom, if you were like 23, 24, I had to be like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. So it was a big year for your boy. I like moved into a new place, became hitched, got the old ball and chain going. So
2: not only was it a big year for me, but as we'll talk about, big year for music. Wow. We got we got a baby in the house. I'm looking at the comments. We have someone who was seven years old. <laughs> seven? So, <laughs> we appreciate you being able to, they mentioned looking back, there were some gems that your Hey, we got to give respect for that. If you're able to look back and find gems, that's mm-hmm. mad respect. Most people don't even look back. But yeah, if you're seven looking
1: back, I respect the hustle because you are coming into this thing. And you could use the excuse of that's not my era. But if you have that wisdom to go back, man, seven could be my child.
0: Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. But, guys, let's, let's talk about some of these albums from 2006 really quickly. Um, I posted a couple on our Instagram page. They both got a lot of likes, so it seems like a lot of people really loved this year. I mean, we got to start off. Neo. Quick contender for rookie of the year, but in my own words, what a great album, guys.
1: Absolutely. This was an album that means a lot to me because I was I like Neo, but I was kinda on the fence. And a friend of mine was like, You got to hear this album, you got to hear this album. She gave it to me as a gift, and I was like, You're right, this album is great. I was sleeping on Neo. I I was kinda iffy about the first single with um Tom's boy Petey Crack. But <laughs> after that I was like, man, this is a great album, and it won me over, made me into a huge Neo fan, and one of the best of the year, no question.
2: I I will say, as Ed has his record of not giving out many five stars over the past decade plus, I will say this is probably one of the last albums that's come out that I consider a classic. Mm. I know we use that word so often nowadays. Everything that's old is suddenly a classic in hindsight. you know. But for me, now it's 15 years, 14 years ago. I can look back and say, yes, I would give this – a classic because from front to back i think every song is good and that's a rarity that you won't find a lot these days not to say there they haven't been great albums since but i will put that highly ranked classic on this one yeah the Definitely record in
0: another class the record let go that's an album track but that track is insane and stargate man that was like the beginning of stargate's huge run they had the harp going on they had they had all these sounds that would just dominate pop and R&B radio for the next few years. I've got another couple of projects to talk about that share that same sound. But Stargate, they were on top of things. This is their coming out party as far as like hitting that next
1: level. And Neo, as Tom said, when I think about what defines a classic, it's not just an album I like for five minutes. It's one that shaped the era as far as sounds. And we can look back decades later like we're doing now and say. Man, that was really a moment in time. And look at the path that it paved. And you can say that for this album. So it's not just quality to me, it's legacy. And this is an album
0: that has that. So if we're talking classics, hard to argue against. Mm. Tom, I read something really interesting. I did my research on this album. And back in 2006, when this album was coming out, Neil had said that he wanted to make a classic, traditional r&b album because he felt like hip-hop and r&b were starting to merge a little too much maybe because of the crunk era that was really dominating i think neil delivered on what he set out to do here
2: yeah i mean the thing about that album is i mean maybe it's just looking back in hindsight but the 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 production was fresh so to me it didn't sound really traditional Mm -hmm. it sounded something like a like a positive progression for the genre like you said stargate came in the mix Yeah, some unique production. So I felt like this is exactly where I wanted R&B to evolve to. Yeah, I remember about it.
0: That's an amazing album. And another album that really stood out during that time, Justin Timberlake came out with his sophomore album, Future Sex Love Sound. When we look back at that album now, some people might call that a game changer. Some people might say that it ruined R&B because of the electronic influences on that album that timbaland and danger brought to the table but i gotta ask you guys when sexy sexy back first leaked or first hit radio what was your initial reaction to that song did you get it right away
1: man i remember where i was when i first heard it i was at a conference that summer i guess it was summer of 06 and my friend who i like i was i think it was this this conference was like in indianapolis so I had a friend who was in the area and like hopped in a friend's car and drive me around town and she had it on, you'll love it, Kyle, on her iPod. I wow. had never heard this song <laughs> before and she played it. And I was like, this is like nothing I've ever heard ever. And you don't get that too often these days when you hear a song that's like, I have never heard anything like this. I was, well, you would think knowing my background that I would, Oh, I would be appalled by it. I was so intrigued by it that I loved it. And we know that it would go on to define the EDM era later on, and that sound would get run into the ground, but that's what we do. But for (laughs) a moment in time, I thought it was great. And for the album itself, it really helped kind of make that album a linchpin. I talked about three albums that got five stars that year. I think the Clips album is a five-star album. Lupe Fiasco's debut is five stars. And I would give Justin Timberlake five stars. Mm. I've struggled mm. in recent years because I did a ranking a long time ago of like 30 best albums of the two thousands. I struggled to call this a pure R and B album. So I didn't put it on that list. Mm-hmm. But for me of that batch of air albums for that era, it's got to be near the top.
2: I agree with one of our commentators, Laurence. I don't, like sexy back as much either i do not really played the song mm-hmm. but what i'll say about this album you could still put this album on today in 2020 14 years later and it'll yep. still sound fresh that's how unique the sound was at the time and is still now i also love the fact of the interludes each song evolved into like a different version of the song yeah yep. like moves around in the second part of that i mean that was just so unique at the time that i mean we the creativity was off the charts Yep. I mean, like you guys said, it kind of le- led to the evolution to EDM, which we didn't really like. But, however, if you look at this body of work in the time period for which it was, still I'd say it's more pop than R&B, but it has mm-hmm. elements of R&B. I mean, I'd, I'd probably put it as a classic, too, just for the influence it had.
0: I would, too. No yeah, and I, I felt like the, the record with T.I. really elevated his career. He was on, a, he was on the beginnings of a huge run in that My yep. Love record. I think it really helped both of them. Good point. Yeah,
1: we forget now because T.I. at the time, and I know there might be some T.I. fans who are going to jump on and be like, T.I. has been a man since 2003. (laughs) He had his element and he was definitely a major force in the South with his whole King of the South thing. But when he started to collaborate with Justin Timberlake and do some other things, that's when he moved up in the mainstream eyes. You got to remember, this is really T.I.'s creative and commercial peak. So this is the part where he broke out. So again, another thing that we can use to justify this as a classic is the careers it made and it really made ti a worldwide superstar and not just kang of the south
0: Mm -hmm. Can, can i say one thing about this album and i want the people to let me know if i'm being crazy or if i'm if you guys are on the same page as me the record until the end of the time great song right guys you broke up a little bit there what were you saying until the end of time that record Oh, of course. Now, I'm on record to saying the version, the solo version, is better than the Beyonce version. Can I get an amen from the comments, guys?
1: <laughs> oh, I would not disagree with that. But wow. I mean, there will be some who would. But no, I I greatly prefer the original. I don't hate the remakes, but no, I give me the original. Mm.
2: Uh, Lauren <laughs> I, I said the looked, same thing. <laughs> I don't even listen to that song actually. I don't oh, either. I forgot about it until you just said it. Are... Wh- whoever's <laughs> listening, it looks like yeah. some people do agree. You got to check out the song, Take Away Your Love. The- there was a bonus track, I believe. Many people have not heard that one. I like that one more than, definitely
0: more until the end of time. Mm, wow. Um. Can we talk about Beyonce here, the B-Day album? Mm. When we look back at this album now, people love this album, like, especially because Beyonce has moved on to... Trap music, rap music, all these different genres. But this was Beyonce at her core. A lot of live, live instrumentation. She had Irreplaceable, of course. To the left, to, to the left. Ed, were all the girls saying that?
1: <laughs> oh, all the girls were saying that. I, well, let me tell you about this album, because I think that most of us here and most of the people participating in the chat would say that they loved this album and they think this is Beyoncé's best album. I think it's by far her greatest work. It's the most concise work that she's had. However, if you move to other parts of the internet, especially the Beehive that kind of came on with Single Ladies and the the kind of self-titled album that knows kind of 2010 Beyoncé, you will find that a lot of them don't get down with this album. And it's Mm. because it's kind of the more traditional Beyoncé, the one we came up with. The Destiny Child, the R&B, that little bit of hip-hop flavor, not trap, but the hip-hop flavor. To me, this is like my Beyoncé. This is the Beyoncé that I love the most. But there are lots of people who came up on the more poppy side that don't like this album at all. Whenever mm. when I did my list ranking the Beyoncé albums, you should have seen the stand. <laughs> tear into my butthole because I had B-Day so high and the others below it. And they were just like, that album is terrible. I can't believe it. That album sounds so dated, blah, blah, blah. So I think that this is a very kind of divisive album when it comes down to it. But
0: pretty yes. much everyone here, I'm willing to bet, rides with it. Someone said uh, 4 is her best album. I can't disagree with that, but I'd probably go with B-Day myself. But 4 is a great one, too.
2: Dangerously Love has to be in the conversation, too, That's I'd a say.
0: Yep, that's a great one. Yep.
1: I was not a big fan of that one, but we'll get to uh, that in
0: 2003.
1: I'll save my <laughs> hand for that. Uh,
0: 2003, I can't wait to talk about Chapter 2. but uh, <laughs> Oh, you can wait, all right. We're, we're talking about 2006, guys. Some, the ladies really did it in 2006 here, Tom and Ed. Uh, Sierra came back with her sophomore album, really solidified herself as a star with Promise. And Tamia. that album, woo. And she was independent at the time, too. But that album is incredible, Between Friends. Yeah.
1: Can I say something very controversial real quick? We were talking in the Soul and Stereo Cypher. This is what I do, Tom. (laughs) Sorry. We were talking in the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook and you do that, just put that in. Come find us. We talk music all day long. Someone had posted this meme that said that R. Kelly had the greatest catalog of R&B of all time. That's a lie. Wow. I made the point that his catalog is very inconsistent and that if you look at catalogs who are more consistent, I would say that Tamiya's catalog overall is better than R. Kelly's because it is way more consistent. And I will say that because it starts right here with this album that we're discussing today. One of those albums that's just so overlooked, but just so solid across the board. There's no such thing as a bad Tamiya album. And this is one of her best.
2: I, I just saw a comment between friends was huge in South Africa. I, I, you know, it's interesting. I think it's one of her best. I didn't think it was that big in the U.S. No, it I was No, which is mm. strange. I don't yeah. know if it was a promotion because she was independent or
0: what, but I just remember it not getting the recognition it deserved. But great album that almost record. What a great song that is. That, that, that has 16-year-old Kyle still crying right now.
2: Oh, man. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to, uh, Kyle and Tom, um, this album is incredible. Uh,
1: this year's incredible. Because mm-hmm. I can't even diss a Sierra album. The Sierra album is good. That's probably her best record.
2: I'll so be honest even, with you guys. Talk- you, you might have to burn the footage of this audio, but I've never listened to a Sierra
0: album in my whole life. Oh, come on, Tom. I'm serious. Tom, I've, I've got this microphone right here. Have you seen the music video for Promise where she's twirling the microphone around the mic stand? Oh, my gosh.
2: Listen, listen, listen. Let me let me give some context. A young Tom was a Sierra hater. Wow. Because, because of songs like, like Goodies, I just couldn't take it seriously, and I just never took her career seriously. So I'm just going on record. That's a young Tom speaking, and then I just never caught up. I'll catch up someday, guys, but... I'm letting you know right now. I've never listened to the album.
1: I ain't mad at you. I am also, as I have gone on record, so this is not a new revelation. Sierra is not my thing, but I will give. I have heard this album because my wife had it and she mm-hmm. would play it, and I was like, and I like Promise. I like the single a lot, so I listened to the album, and it's not bad. By far, the best Sierra
0: album I've ever heard. Oh man, you guys, Sorry. Tom. Last week you, you you said you hated Jay Holiday. This week you said you hated <laughs> Sierra. I'm gonna tell you what. You gotta go listen to the song "My Love," off the Sierra album. What oh, an amazing said, song! Montrez Jones. just said, "I love My Love." There you go. Pyramid door guy. Pyramid in the house. <laughs> Pyramid door corner boys, Shout out, but Tom, shout you go to listen Neon to that. In the house. Tom, you go listen to that Sierra album. By next week, I guarantee you, this mic stand, you're gonna be twirling it around like Sierra did. I promise you. No pun intended. Um, oh please! Um, I'm
2: to. I might have to have our guy. I think it's Theo Sullivan, Brandon, the seven, <laughs> the seven-year-old. You know, check it out for me. Let me know your thoughts, and then if you think it's good, I'll listen to it.
0: All right, <laughs> yeah. all right, uh, all right. Let's let's quickly go through a couple of other projects that I felt like really stood out during this time. Um, some males here: Avant, director Darnell Jones, or Don Darnell, or some people like to call. Uh, Journey of a Gemini, and my guy Omarion, 21. Three fantastic albums. Uh, I think they're going to be in a a couple of our categories later. I can't forget about Brian McKnight's 10 album, too, because I really like that one. But those four albums, really, really underrated. Absolutely underrated.
1: And, I mean, you didn't even talk about some of my boys, Mm, Jaheem, Life Jenny. That that Jaheem album, now I will go on record, because y'all slept. That might be his best album. I love uh, Ghetto Classics. I think incredible. it is. incredible. And wow, it goodness. just never got the credit that it got. Like, like, this is why I love this year. You can name pretty much every single R&B album that dropped, and you will get some love for it. You every didn't, single, everyone that Kyle named is great.
2: You didn't even name Ed's favorite John Legend album once again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for this.
1: But see, even Tom, I can't miss the magic of 2006, because I have dissed that album for years. That's Tom's record. And when I did my ranking of, Justin, uh, Justin, of John Legend's albums a couple months ago, I went back and I was like, this album's much better than I remember. Mm-hmm. Another winner for 2006.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to quickly go through these here. Donnell's Gemini album. Woo! We got to talk about that album because that album, like we talk about his first two albums and how great they are. And some that have heard Journey of a Gemini will tell you how good it is, but it is really good. That's one of those ones,
1: again, that seemed to fall on, kind of in the cracks. I don't know why. But I remember when it came out, I was talking to a friend of mine at work who didn't even know the album dropped. And it's one of those just hidden treasures. If you have not heard that and you're listening to this, go check it out now. It's one of those ones that just does not get the love it deserves.
2: Hold on. The Jaheim album, no, this is not the one with the uh, Keisha Cole duet. That's Makings of a Man. That was '07. 7 That was a great song, too. Yeah,
0: that's a great song. I've changed. Yeah, really that's a song. great song. Um, Avant, Four Minutes, managed to make a song four minutes long. So, I mean, that itself is like, oh he gets a Grammy for that. Is that the one with the Lil Wayne song? Because this
1: was around the time yep. when Lil Wayne was really starting to catch yeah. complete fire. Yep, And I
0: remember that song was that, you know what, that thing was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Omarion with Icebox, which might be like a top five Timbaland beat of all time. I'd fight someone who would disagree <laughs> with that. I think that song sampled like Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger or something. It that, had be- to. that beat is crazy. Oh, my wife wore that thing out. Whenever
1: someone uses... St- I had never... Well, of course, Tim Lance from VA. I had never heard the term Icebox outside of my grandma's house in Virginia. So when I was a whole song made about this... I was like, somebody knew what an icebox was. i
0: <laughs> um, A couple more albums here. I just want to touch on here. Sammy came back with an album. Tyrese, this was the first album of Black Tie. Did we like Black Tie? Mm. <laughs> it was all right.
1: It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Not mm. my, my favorite, but it wasn't bad.
2: You know what's interesting? Nowadays, we can say something is clearly bad. When I look at all these albums that came out, I can't say anything was really that bad. Yeah. you know, it, Either it's it's just solid or it was really good. Mm-hmm. I, and oh, I, there's one. There's one that we have not mentioned
1: yet. <laughs> That's bad. bad? Oh, yes.
2: Uh, I didn't want
0: to spoil the surprise. Hold
2: on. I'm, we'll save it. We'll save it for later once we get through I, our favorites.
0: I actually don't know who you're talking about, but I'm just going to name a couple more here. Monica, The Makings of Me. I think... I think some people love it. Some people don't like it. Uh, Ed loves the album cover for some reason. (laughs) Listen, stop getting me in trouble.
1: But no, the album cover is what it is. But I love that album. Uh, To me, that's her most underrated album. She is so... She is in pure Gunica mode on that album.
0: Wow. Uh, Christina Milian had an album. See, with that Monica album and the Christina Milian album, I know in, in the past, you've always had, like, singles that were made and you kind of knew that the label forced it on them. Like this was one of the first times mm. that I realized like, they were doing songs that I think labels really forced on them. Like Monica with the Every Time Beat Drop song yep. and then Christina yeah. Milian with the with the song with Jeezy, Say I, because that sounded yep. exactly like the Three yep. Six Mafia song, Stay Fly. And I did not like that song,
1: even though I really liked the album. The, mm. um, that was the Cool and Dre album. It had yep. this joint called Twisted on it that I love. That album is another one that, you know, it's Christina Milian. She's known for her singles, not necessarily her albums,
0: but that one got a lot of play. Mm. Um, Khalees dropped an album. Tom, were you feeling bossy? I love, I didn't like bossy. I did like (laughs) the
2: album a lot though. That's one of my favorites that came out this year. Definitely one I felt was slept on Mm. and I felt like one of her stronger because I didn't really like her album Tasty as much as I liked her previous two. Right. And then when this one came out, Police was here, I really liked it, so I was a fan. I like the album
1: cover. It looked
0: like a like a Batman video game album cover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Ruben Stutter dropped his sophomore album. I actually really liked that album. Had had some great songs on it. Uh Janet Jackson, 20 years old. Montrez, if you're in here, you gotta give us your opinion on 20 years old. I think a lot of people like it, but a lot of people hate it because it didn't have the smashes that people were expecting uh indie True, RE. but i i really liked it mm-hmm. mm. that's the one with the nelly record right i did not like the nelly record but other than <laughs> that i really thought that that was a fun <laughs> album mm-hmm. david duane in the house he wants us to talk about danny de kane we're getting there don't you worry i got a lot to say about danny de kane um uh, what else do we have here did we uh, talk
2: about um robin Thicke's album
0: we're not there yet. We're going to talk oh. about Robin Thicke's album okay. as well. We Making actually sure. talked about it last week, but you're right. It actually came out this year. It's just it didn't blow up until yeah. the following year. But it's kind of weird. Let's talk about Robin Thicke here. Wanna Love You Girl. That was the Neptune's produced song. It didn't take off. Like, I think a lot of the labels in, in the industry thought it would. And, and it didn't take until it lost without you for, for him to really pop.
1: Yep. I remember when that song dropped. And again, as I said last week, uh, my wife especially was a huge Robin Thicke. And when he dropped this one, I was like, okay, this is his chance to pop in the mainstream. And that song didn't really do anything. So I was like, uh, maybe it's not going to work out for my boy. But then Lost Without You came out, and then he pretty much owned 2007. Yep,
0: yep. I remember that. Um, what else do we have here? Jagged Edge, self-titled album. Pierre Medor, if you're still in here, I know you did a lot on that. Seasons Change included. NDRE. Irie. Didn't she have a song with Akon? on this album i don't remember oh, that did she? i think she I'm did i'm blanking I... on that one <laughs> anyway we'll have to revisit that one we'll have to revisit that one uh i'm just quickly naming a couple before we get into the rookies of the LaToya's, year latoya's latoya's debut i see mentioned in our comments yeah we're gonna get into that javier that's uh that's tom's guy yep, you that like that album, really right? yeah you like that album album was that's...
2: that was slept on a bit not as good as
0: his first i'd say but still a solid effort hmm uh amy winehouse she came out with her second album this year and it really turned her... Like We, we look at a- Amy Winehouse, maybe not necessarily as an R&B artist, but like she had some great soulful records and JoJo as well, sophomore album. And at that time, we kind of looked at her as a pop art artist, but they put really good albums out that year.
1: Well, let me get back to Amy because I have always argued because there's been this whole conversation that she's not r and B. I I think that's ridiculous. She's more R&B than a lot of people we've already mentioned on the list. She's just such a throwback to a different era of R&B, like it's not Neptune, but she's basically in the mold of Motown soul. So to me, I think of all the releases, we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but of all the releases that could have defined the next era, I feel like this one could have, because not only was it a, a mainstream hit, but it was also so creatively done to me. I feel like if she was still around and we didn't lose her as quickly as we did, she could have helped push a more live sound to R&B and I would have loved to
2: see that going into the next decade. Mhm. I agree. Someone at our boy Theo Sullivan asked who who said Amy Marie was not R&B, kind of curious. Amy Winehouse.
1: Not Amy Winehouse,
0: not Amy yeah. Marie. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to uh, say too, I wanted to know too. I never yep. heard uh, Fergie's the Dutch. Yeah, I mean, Fergie had some urban tracks. I, I'll give her that. But I'll say this: my wife, that's
1: another one. My wife wore out, and it won me over because I was like, "Fergie, I don't need black eyed peas stuff." See, this <laughs> year I got married, so you gotta make, you gotta make some things, and make sure the house is happy. So you gotta kind of make some concessions here and there. And that's an album that really grew on me. I actually went from listening to a couple of singles to listening to the whole album. And I thought it was pretty good.
0: <laughs> Tom, true or false at your wedding, you banned the black eyed peas from being <laughs> played. I had at my wedding, I had
2: three choices of, of artists I could ban from not being played at the wedding. I think number one was black eyed peas. <laughs> Cause I didn't want to hear that.
0: I got a feeling. I got
2: a feeling. Whatever the <laughs> God, hell <you> got. Yeah. <laughs> number two. Was Pitbull, because I would never want to hear a Pitbull song again in my whole life. Agree. And number three was Flowrider. Those three were banned,
0: (laughs) and thank goodness they were. It was a glorious day, my wedding. And I wish I was there, Tom. And instead, we had happy and blurred lines being played over and over. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I'll take that. No, before. I'll take those. Take all right. those
2: over. And over.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, let's focus here, guys. I forgot about this one Fantasia's second album. I'm going to talk about this one later, hopefully, because uh, I really like this album. Uh, a lot of great songs on here. Uh, when I See You. That was a huge song. So. Yep, that's Man. another one that was everywhere, seemingly forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather Headley. That's one of those like underrated like gems that uh, if, if you know R&B, you know that album.
1: Shout out to Heather Headley. She, see, y'all did not give her the flowers that she deserved. and She had to go to Broadway and start singing her face off on there. That woman could blow. Her first album is incredible. She did mm-hmm. not get the recognition she deserves.
2: Can and I get that, another shout out to Theo Sullivan, Brandon? He just said he hates Pitbull. And he's from Florida, so that says a lot. There we go.
0: <laughs> wow. His own state hates him. I wow. Love Do you like Pretty Ricky? He, they're from Florida. Answer that while I uh, talk about Frankie I'll J. I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie J uh, dropped an album as well this year. But uh, a lot of people are waiting on us to talk about these rookies. Uh, Latoya, I've seen some people mention her. Um, we got Paula DeAnda. I saw a couple people mention her. Sharifa from Disturbing the Peace. Mm-hmm. Ed's girl, Cassie, dropped an album that year. Uh, oh, uh, not, never mind Ed's girl. Tom, this is Ed's boy. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Uh, you've been working all day. Now it's time to sit back and drink margaritas.
2: Sleepy Oh, brown. my God. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh,
0: Sleepy
2: my God. Brown. If anyone has heard the Sleepy Brown album and who's listening right now, let us know in the comments. I'm just curious. Oh, well, I, oh my (laughs) God. I don't know how
1: Sleepy Brown became my boy, but I will say this. There was one album on this list that I've been holding the vomit back and you mentioned it, your girl Cassie. Look, If if Cassie came out in 2020, she'd be the queen of R&B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yes, throw some auto-tune behind those little dry vocals, and y'all would be like, oh, oh, it's the bop, it's the jam, oh, blah, 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 blah," that stuff. She was five years ahead of her time. If she dropped out, came back a little bit later, and she had a good IG, and I'm sure she does, she'd be running R&B right now. I mean, I mean, you're not lying.
0: So. I'm not <laughs> uh, lying, I never do. <laughs> uh, and, and in two female groups that came out during this time, this is their debuts. We have Danity Kane. David Dwayne is somewhere throwing a parade right now. Shout out to Danity Kane. Yeah. Yes, for D- David Dwayne it <laughs> in the comments, Danity Kane. And and Cherish, do you know they have a platinum-selling album with their debut? Yes.
1: That's crazy. Absolutely dude.
0: they do. They were, listen, they were big in that 106 and Park era.
1: Like, they did the they were the last vestiges of, like, the crumb. So, no question. They were doing a thing.
0: No question. Uh, and then two albums from producers that probably aren't all the way R&B, but got a lot of play. Uh, just like Cam said, Diddy's Press Play album. That was one. And then Pharrell's In My Mind album.
1: Both of those. That Diddy album is quite the underrated thing, because that's another one where I was like, ah. I like the first Puff album, and that's it. But that Press Play is really good.
0: Mm. Uh, and let's go back to Latoya here really quickly here. Cause I felt like this was a very, very solid debut. I would almost say very, 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 very solid. Like this was actually a pretty great debut.
1: Yes. it was one of the best of the year to me from torn, which was the big single, she had obvious to me, this was the record that showed because again, you gotta remember 2006, we're still like, Oh, Haha, ha, the former Destiny's Child members—they mm-hmm. they're washed or whatever you said in two thousand six. I don't think we say it washed, but this <laughs> proves that you cannot deny talent. She came through with a great record that showed the promise and talent that she had. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching the old episodes of Smart Guy on Disney Plus, and there was an episode where Destiny's Child was there. And, of course, the episode's, like, based around Beyonce, because, of course. But the standout to me was LaToya. Like, she's a great actress, as we've gone to know, and she's done a lot of acting in recent years. But she had such a star presence. That I was really shocked that mm-hmm. in Destiny's Child era, that I didn't notice that she had then. And this record just proves that she is really a star talent. We should have gotten more from her from music. I see some
2: people mention the song Obvious. Oh, I thought
1: the song.
0: She Don't that's, was really good. That's a great yep, one. Yeah, that one was good. Um, so I've talked about these days, de- and Neil, of course, he, he debuted in 2006 as well. And let's start handing out some awards here since we've gone through all these great albums that came out that year. Um, surprisingly, we haven't really trashed any album, which is weird. That's, Ed, can oh, we get,
1: Ed's, I did one.
0: <laughs> Ed, give it to us. We've been waiting. So
1: Oh I already mentioned it. Your girl Cassie. That album is
0: horrible. No that ba- hold on. Listen. Time out time, no. out. time out. Time out. Oh, time out. Wait, wait, well, we're gonna defend this Time out. T- t- time out. The production was good. Not okay. Not to, throw, not to throw gasoline on the
2: fire, but I, that Cassie's another artist have simply never listened to any of her music. I just couldn't even bother.
0: Don't I'm sorry Cassie if you're listening. Don't. Oh man. <laughs> um Anyways, guys, let's talk about the rookie of the year. Here, we're starting to handle some awards. Um, I mean, I just listed a bunch of them. Who is your? And I want to hear from you guys as well. Whoever's watching, who is your rookie of the year in 2006? From Neil, Latoya, Danity Kane, Cherish, Sleepy Brown, Cassie, um, a lot of different names here. Who is your rookie of the year?
1: Well, let me tell you, players, something. I'm going to look at this chat real hard, and let me see somebody say that Cassie was the rookie of the year. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, really, to me, even though there's a great, great lineup of rookies for 2006, it's hard to go against Neal because not only did he come with, of the rookies, probably the best record, Latoya's close, the best record, she also had the one that was a star making career because from that album to this day, people are still saying, you never cop that first album. We want the old neo from 2006. We want that sound. So even though there were lots of great rookie records, that one to me is the
0: benchmark. Mm. Tom.
2: We got a few comments for Danny Ducane. I see I go- a lot
0: of Danny Ducane love. I, it, it seems like it's coming from uh, David Dwayne and his alternate accounts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can I go on the record once again and make another controversial statement? I've never heard that album. Oh, Danny boy. Kane. But here we go. Listen, let me give some more context. This was a 23, 22-year-old Tom, where I'm at in life. Why would Danny Kane appeal to me in my life? It didn't. It, it, oh, it didn't man. appeal to me. And. Someday I'll go back and listen to it, but I was a young man. Oh, I, I loved the Bond. I love Daniel Jones. What Danny Kane was coming out with was not for me as a 22 year old man at the time. I'm just saying. So oh. that's a valid point, Ed. Is it not?
0: Oh. Absolutely. I
1: mean, I'm not gonna like shout out to my man, David. I'm not gonna say Danny Kane is trash and because they're not. They're talented. But back then, I remember even struggling, even considering them R and D, because to me, they just felt like yes. an offshoot. Of yes. another pop group. So and, I did not, they weren't really on my radar. Not saying that I wouldn't check them out, because I just admitted, I checked out Fergie and I loved Fergie. I checked out Sierra and y'all know how I feel about Sierra. So I'm sure the talent is there, but for a 26 year old ad, this wasn't really on my radar. I did well, like, check it out later. I do remember the album being pretty solid, but
2: to me, nobody's beating me up. Just remember, for me, the biggest thing at the time, I was looking for music that was relatable. So I couldn't really always co- relate with music from a women's perspective. I think that's fair, Kyle.
0: Yeah, but uh, I think songs like Showstopper, I think it's, uh, it, gender doesn't play a role. Anyone can be a showstopper. I, you have no idea what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're <laughs> Shawn Michaels, maybe. but okay. Oh, the Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're Rookie of the Year?
2: For me, it's got to be Neo. I mean, like mm. I said, I, I gave it a classic and I don't really give out that word too often. So
0: I'm going to go with, with Neo. Mm. All right. Uh, for me, the rookie of the year. Well, let me tell you my Danity Kane story. Um, I did watch Making the Bend, uh, sort of. I didn't really follow. I think I followed the Day 26 series more, but uh, I was very aware of Danity Kane and I was excited for their for their album when it dropped. Very well produced album. Uh, but I got to give it to Neil as well because that was an album where I would listen to it from top to bottom. When I got on the bus to go to school, I would listen to it. When I was walking to class, I would listen to it. So I know that album like word for word, lyric for lyric, vocal riff for vocal riff. Like I know that album from top to bottom. So I got to give it to Neil. All right hmm there we go uh day 26 david uh they're a r&b group <laughs> <That's>... uh, <laughs> the next uh the next topic here we have is most anticipated album for you that year let's think back to two, 2006 what was hmm. an album that you were really excited about and you couldn't wait and you were at the store or at your latest limewire or bear share waiting to download <laughs> this album what was that for you guys I was still copying them from Best Buy
1: at this point because we had moved and Best Buy was literally down the street. So I would drive down there on Tuesdays and cop them for nine ninety nine. Uh, Y'all don't remember those days. And they're all behind me right here. I probably think my most anticipated was Justin. I can't think of anything mm. that I was more hyped for than that and one that really lived up the expectations.
2: Mm. For me, it was... a it, See, this was a strange time. I was... Yes, I was still downloading stuff off those peer-sharing sites or whatever, but I was able to get access to advanced copies of some of these albums, and some of the songs I was getting weren't even making the final cut. Mm. I remember that for the Donnell Jones album, for the Tamiya album. The songs eventually became bonus tracks later on or ended up, like for Donnell, some of those songs ended up on his uh, Lost Files album that he put out of unreleased Mm. stuff. So it was a weird time, but I think for me it was really that that, – it had to be that Don L. Jones album because he was one of my favorites at the time
0: and definitely didn't let me down. Great one. Uh, I think mine. I'm just looking at the list right now. It was probably it's funny. I, I would say it was either Justin Timberlake or uh, you guys might not believe me on this one. It was Tyrese. <laughs> oh, I believe you. I hope you the, weren't too disappointed. Listen, I drank the Kool-Aid when it came to uh, Black Tie and the Alter Ego. I was like, wow, Tyrese is such an amazing singer. I can only imagine how great he would be at rapping, too. And uh, You
1: didn't remember him rapping on um, on the first album? That What was he saying? I'm from March, so I'm ghetto. I'm like, okay, dude. Oh, <laughs> man. You live by
0: the nana you die by the nana. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I and then I went, I got that album, and uh, to this day, I only listen to the R&B side, so Black Tie mm-hmm. did not, except the last song on the album, Ed, I, I know you know the last song, it's the outro. Yeah,
1: no, that song, I, I don't, the Black Tie album, I listened to it not that long ago. It's okay. It's not as bad as I remember, but yeah, <laughs> you ain't missing much skipping that one.
0: Mm. All right, let's get into our next topic here. Uh, What's an album or albums that you feel are very underrated, very slept on, and people need to go and check them out because no one talks about these albums anymore?
1: Man, I got
0: quite a
2: few that we've talked about. I'll give you two real quick. Number one, John B's Holiday album. He released You. Yeah, it's a Holiday album.
0: Mm.
2: But he had the song on there. I think it was Hold You Down. It didn't even sound like a holiday song. He has some original joints on there. I thought it was a pretty slept on album. Check that one out. But the real one, and if anyone has heard this album, I would be shocked, but maybe not. Sergio Mendez had an album called Timeless. Have you guys heard this? I know Sergio Mendez, but
1: I have not heard that album, no. Anyone listening? Yeah. Sergio, like
2: your friend Sergio? No. Okay. (laughs) He's a Brazilian artist. Shout out to Sergio. (laughs) (laughs) God. Kyle. Calm down, Sergio oh Mendes. God. If anyone's heard this, he had features from uh, Black Eyed Peas, who actually didn't do too bad. Will I am had a big part in this project. Mm. Stevie Wonder, John Legend, Erica Badu, Q-Tip, Jill Scott, um, Justin Timberlake, RE. I mean, this was an album of great music that no one really even heard. I don't think Black Thought was even on here. You guys got to check this out. Mm.
1: So I'll check that out. I yeah. have not seen that.
2: Will.i.am was all over that album, so someone did hear this. The Sullivan Brandon, my boy, seven years old, and he knows all this stuff. That's impressive.
0: Wow, might need to uh, bring him onto the podcast. Kick yeah. me out. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Uh, I've got two here. When we talk about slept on, uh, Heather Headley, of course, a lot of people love her. Mm-hmm. I would agree, and then I would also say Sammy because we had known Sammy as a little boy. He came back like seven years later with this album. And when you listen to it now, it just got re-released this year actually on streaming platforms. If you listen to it, like it rivals what Chris Brown was putting out, what Omari on like that whole crew, like Sammy was right there with them. Um, I don't know if he got the push that the rest of them did, but that that to me is the slept on album for me. Mm. Yeah um what's an album guys that you feel oh, like no play.
1: i didn't say my slept on album
0: you're right i are you gonna say john legend
1: <laughs> oh, no i will not say that at all um oh, but i will say my boy oh before i forget before i get into this because my boy um asked about what was on my shirt um so i think it was david to ask i have fred shuttlesworth ralph abernathy and martin luther king both all three well everybody knows who mlk is but these are three civil rights leaders that are based here in Birmingham. So Dope. shout out to them for the shirt. So anyway, most underrated to me, got to go with my boy um, Jaheen. People just slept on that album. Mm. It's incredible. Also, Life Genis, The Phoenix, is really good. And even though we didn't really mention her, and I know she gets into tossed around, is she r and Is she pop? What is she? I feel like she scottles the line. Corinne Bailey Ray, I feel like, is one of those ones that really kind of came out this year and made her name. So, shout out
2: to her. Mm. Real quick, that Jaheem album, I'm looking at my iTunes, because I'm a big believer in the star system. Kyle knows this. Yeah. So, I know what it, what, how much I like certain songs. I gave every song in that Jaheem album pretty much a four or five stars. So, you know that's good, because I don't give out wow. those ratings that much. So, that is definitely, now that I'm looking back on it, probably easily his best album front to back and it was the right number of tracks i think it was like 11, yes 12. that's the sweet spot
0: that is the Perfectly sweet spot mm-hmm. great one great one um ed when you were mentioning pop and r&b artists i actually thought you were gonna go with these two artists um one was rihanna but i should never expect you to say rihanna did you meet me just <laughs> today but then the other one was uh christina aguilera back to the basics that's one that dj premier did right Oh, I totally forgot that was 2006.
1: Yes, that's, and we were just talking in the cypher today about Christina, another one that I feel like doesn't get the love that she deserves. So yeah, and speaking of popping, I can't believe you
0: didn't mention this, your girl Nelly Furtado was this year. Yo, that album, yo, scrap this whole thing. That is the R&B album of the year. Oh, my no. gosh, calm down. Yeah, come now. on. your mic off. Cut if you can off. make, guys, if you can make, and she's Canadian, too, but if you can make R&B fans listen to Nelly Furtado, shout out to Timbaland, just give her the award. It's over. Yeah,
1: people, but seriously, people forget that she was just a straight-up folk artist. Like, she did not yeah. do anything like this. And when she came out with Promiscuous, it was like, what is this? <laughs> and that album is
0: pretty fun. It's not it flawless, is. but it's pretty fun. Yep. It is. I agree. Yep, that's a great album uh all right guys let's talk about um this is the twitter thriller this is an album that you know at the time it was a big album or not even a big album but you know it came out but when you go on twitter today people are praising this album and they treat it like it's the next thriller like what's that for you guys what do you guys see a lot of people posting about these days
1: hmm that's the thing about 06, because there's just so much underrated greatness, yeah that yeah. even stuff like Beyonce's album doesn't get that much love, mm. really of all the ones we've mentioned that I see in my corner of social media that gets the most love, it's probably Amy's because that's the one that will her that's breakout. true, yeah.
0: yeah, so
1: that might have to be my pick
0: um, would, yeah, mm. Kyle you go first. I'm just I'm just trying to narrow it down. I don't... Um I have one. It's not even the album cuz I thought the album was fine, but it's the song by Monica mm-hmm. Every Time the Beat Drop. I feel like cuz I remember when that came out and how much backlash it got from everyone, but people celebrate that song and it's not a bad song like for its time, like it had a purpose, but people really really celebrate that song today. They didn't do that in 2006.
2: Yeah
1: they nope they did not and shout out to my boy Terry, saying that cassie gets a lot of love on twitter i will make sure i am not on your feeds players people are shouting out cassie in 2020. <laughs>
2: all right i got one this might be controversial mm. i'm gonna go with robin thick mm. the evolution of robin thick that's because i can see it although i felt like yeah this is a great album this is a good album the singles made him a star I didn't, from front to back, I didn't think this was an amazing classic. I mean, there's some songs I easily skip on this album. Mm. There's some songs I love on this album that weren't singles. I love that song with Faith Evans, Gotta Be Down. and great one. But still, I I didn't feel like this was the best album of the year or even close, but I felt like it's treated like it's a, you know, hands-down classic. I don't think so. (laughs) No, and you're right. And you actually made me think of something, Tom.
1: This album didn't come out in 2006. But it came out at the very end of 2005, Mary J. Blige's Breakthrough. It came out, like, the end of December 2005. But all of those singles and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff, that was 2006. So we got to shout out Mary because that was – you talk about a comeback. That's a comeback album. Oh, I thought you were saying it's overrated. No, no, no. I just (laughs) remember the album itself. So (laughs) I I know that we'll talk about it next – kind of next week. (laughs) But it's a 2005 album, but not really because it came out so late. Yeah. So to me, it's more of a 2006 project. So I just had to shout that
0: one. I I was like, what is going on here, Ed? (laughs) 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 All right, guys. Uh, Last award here. Uh, Your top three favorite albums or best albums of this year. Uh, We'll do it like we always do. We'll each pick our number three, our number two, and number one. Tom, you can start off. What is your number three? I wish my boy, Joshi Wawashi, was in here like
2: he was last week because he picked the same three as me. My soul brother, I thought we were bros for life. He didn't even show up for this one. It's a tough blow, guys. That's so what kind I'll, of bro I'll, I'll, he is to you. I'll still have to proceed on and make my picks. Now My number three, I'm trying to narrow it down from five, and I hate to say this, but I'm the, I think that – I was so looking forward to Donnell. He's probably my number four. Sorry, Donnell. Ooh. Sorry. That's still great, though, Donnell, man. We still love you. Four is a really good pick in this year. My number three is going to have to be, oh, it's going to have to be John Legend once again. Ooh. I know you don't love that, Al but for me, in my life at that moment, it just had extra meaning, I guess. I, I can relate to some of the songs, and I still like the sound of it, so I'm going to go with that
1: one. Honestly, I thought you'd have that even higher, so no surprise mm, to me. Relax.
0: <laughs> Ed, what about you?
1: I'm kind of like Tom. I'm struggling because I got this down to four, and I hate to knock this person off the list, but I kind of just have to. We're just talking about favorites, so sorry, Neo. I love you. Ooh. I love you, but I have that's my number four. Number three, I'll have to go with your girl, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I have been as critical of her as anybody in recent years, even though my wife is probably going to come in and stab me on camera. <laughs> so everybody, you're my witness. So when, it, when I think of Beyonce, this is the quintessential Beyonce
2: record. This is my favorite from her. I feel like this is her at her best. Number three for me. Ooh. Yes, that's the John, John Legend album with again and again, yes.
0: Evans on that album too, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, just like you guys, I'm struggling. I have about four or five on this this top five list. David Dwayne, I'm sorry, but Danity Kane is didn't quite <laughs> make it. I think they're number four. Donnell is probably number four as well. And Avant is is number four or five as well. How many number four do you got, please? <laughs> Listen, how could you how could you leave Danity Kane out, guys? Come on.
2: Just kidding, I never heard the album. I'm sorry, you (laughs) name two songs. Showstopper.
0: (laughs) Showstopper. Uh, That's why I I say it
2: too. I just found out that was a song today.
0: Exactly, that's why I say it too. All right, my number three would have to be... I'm going to go with Justin Timberlake. I'll go with Future Sex Love Sound. (laughs) Um, It's not my favorite JT album. I think Justified is still better, but number three will be Justin Timberlake. Tom, what's your number two? That's probably my number six, and my Mm. number five is actually Tamia. I'm sorry, Tamia. We still love you. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's a that's a good one. My number two has got to be Avant's director album. Mm. Love that album too, front to back. I don't really skip anything on that one. And actually, in time, I found I like songs better than I used to. So that's another plus for that one. Uh, love the production on it. You know, that's, that's been a favorite of mine. Ed? Number two for me. We've talked about it a little
1: bit earlier. Amy Winehouse. I feel like that's the album that could have really set R&B on a different course. Didn't quite happen. It was a star making performance for her. Her life is unfortunately taking a tragic turn. So it's kind of a sad bittersweet album, but to me it's one of the best, not only of the year, but one of the best of the decade. So Mm -hmm. number
0: two for your boy great one. Number two for me, this is actually going to surprise a lot of people here, but I'm going to go with the Omarion album, 21. Those that have heard the album, I don't know if Netta Brielle is here, but she loves that album. That album is super underrated. The Underdogs, Beacocks, Eric Hudson, the whole crew produced that one. Icebox is on there, Entourage as well. So that's my number two. Interesting. Not if
1: you know Kyle, you know
2: that's pretty much on brand. Interesting yep. interlude about that album. Kyle forced me to listen to that album for about 10 years. I avoided <laughs> it when it came out because I didn't. I, and Omar was not an, an artist who appealed to me at the time, so I just avoided his music along with B2K. But mm. Kyle, for about five to 10 years, kept begging me to listen, and I finally did. And actually, I really like it. So that's a good pick,
0: and I'm glad I yeah, it's good. That's a great one. And the number one, guys, number one album of 2006 or your favorite album of 2006, which one is it for you guys?
2: My number one has got to be Neo's
0: album, In My
2: Own Words. Probably the one I still listen to the most that came out this year. That's why I'll pick it. And like I said, classic. To me, I'll go with one that
1: I also consider a classic. No surprise. I talked about it a little earlier. I gave it five stars. Justin Timberlake's Future mm. Sex Love Sounds. Wow. wow.
0: Uh, My number one is Sleepy Breath. No. uh, oh, calm <laughs> down. That Cassie album, right? That Cassie album is a banger, Ed. You got to go back and listen <laughs> oh. to that one. Oh, every oh. time I get the CD, I bang it against
1: something. Relax. Uh, what is the
2: name of the album? Just so I, for my it, own reference. Self-titled. Just Cassie. Okay, got it. Oh, uh, no laser couldn't even think of a title. Oh, relax
0: that happened all the time back then <laughs> all right so neo was my number one but i think beyonce would have been my number one but i hate the song ring the alarm so that like shot it down like five spots so I
1: like ring the alarm it's, it's just loud oh
0: it's chaos but good <laughs> chaos. <laughs> uh but yeah neo is my number one i i felt like that kind of that and and the chris brown album which we'll talk about next week but those two albums kind of defined this era of r&b so i gotta go with neo number one it's no bad choices here
2: it's kind of interesting kyle is is what like how how old are you kyle seven years younger than us yeah and and you still can appreciate the music as much as we can even coming from a different generation that's what i find interesting we all are from different age groups and we all love that neo album that shows you something but to
1: me, I mean, Tom, it just shows what I fuss about on social media all the time. Like, we are, if you are fans of the genre, it doesn't matter. Like, you can, under, we've had people here in chat that's like, I was seven when this dropped. But I still <laughs> love it. Because you're a fan of R&B. That's why I cannot stand the tribalism of today. That's like, I only like Bryson Tiller and forget everybody. I'm like, no. Then you're not an R&B fan. You're a Tiller <laughs> fan like mm-hmm. just admit that we are fans of the genre and to me that just kind of you know it's bigger than generations
2: yeah but i just feel like unfortunately these days it's a little bit and not to get off track but it's more divided yeah. like i don't think kyle people kyle's age now or the age he was when neo's album came out would be listening to the same music that i am now like it doesn't appeal it's more mm-hmm. divided
0: i feel like unfortunately, i think so because yeah. no, no you're right the lineage isn't there anymore. I think yeah. this new generation has their own uh, – well, I mean, these new artists are influenced by things that aren't necessarily connected to what we yeah. loved in the 90s. So it, yeah. it happens, and we've talked about that a lot of times. But, uh, I mean, I guess we're done here so quickly here. Um, Alicia Keys dropped a new album, so go check out that one. 7th Streeter dropped a new single, HMU. Check that one out. I'm, I think I'm probably missing a couple, but those are the two that come uh, to me right now. But, Ed, what's going on at SoInStereo.com? You mentioned Alicia's new album. So if you want to see a review of that, go to
1: soulandstereo.com. I've got a review of Alicia's album there. Also, if you're here and you don't follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is edwardbowser, one word. But if you go to my story, I have posted my story. I've written this article before about why I think 2006 is the most pivotal year for hip-hop and R&B. and hasn't had a year as pivotal since. Click my story and you'll see that. Also got a new edition of Love Letters. I've ranked my man, my boy, Silk's entire R&B catalog. Got that one up, too. Serial.com. Got all that stuff
0: for you. Awesome. And, Tom, with You Know I Got so we recently did an interview with 112. That was a great one. That was fun, yeah. Talked about their new EP that's out.
2: Make sure you check that out. Yep. Uh, Talked to Mike off the record. Mike from 112, he had COVID and almost had to go on a ventilator, which was crazy. We didn't mm-hmm. know he had it that badly. So happy to hear that he recovered from it. Yep. COVID's real, guys. Wear a mask, please. Other than we, we got our RL interview coming out. Yeah. Um, we're going to get back to doing some of these top 10 lists. Yep. Um, we're going to go to any concert we can find since it seems like concerts are coming back. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be there by yourself. I ain't playing
0: with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah. What about you, Kyle? Uh, interviewed Pierre Midor. Recently, from the Corner Boys, he did that new Usher record, "Bad Habits." Got the uh, insight on that one, as well as their history. And yeah, I'm just working on some interviews. Now that we have this whole Zoom thing figured out, uh, aside from that audio issue that we were having, I think we're going to see a lot of cool features. I know a lot of people are wondering how they how can they get involved with what we're doing, and how can they get their discussion on. So we're going to try to figure all of that out. Just stay with us and. Uh, We'll do this again next week. We'll talk about 2005. I think the emancipation of Mimi will be full in effect, but we will (laughs) find out and uh, we'll go from there guys. So I will chat with you guys next week. Thanks again for tuning in and we will be back.